This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We listen to Lifehouse, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. Are you familiar with, like, Calvinism as a concept? <laughs> Luke 22:54-57 Peter denies Jesus Then they seized him and led him away bringing him into the high priest's house and Peter was following at a distance and when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together Peter sat down among them Then a servant girl seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him said This man was also with him but he denied it Saying, I don't know who this man is. I mean, he could be walking down the street. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know a thing. Sorry to this man. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're here to have good Christian fun. <laughs> good Christian Fun is a podcast where we talk to Jesus and we say sorry to this man. Excuse me. For our sins. <laughs> Pardon. Good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, Christian music, movies, entertainment, stuff made for, <laughs> made by, made to, made from Christians, evangelicals, evangelical mainstream. But we're not here to make you go to church or make fun of your beliefs unless you believe gay people are bad. We'll make fun of that belief all day it's, long, baby. It's hilarious. It's hilarious it's, that you think that and wrong. Uh, we're just here to have good Christian fun. How are you doing, Caroline? It's been a few weeks. Yeah, uh, it's been a long time. I, I said to you when you came through the door, I feel like I haven't seen you in years. Oh, here I am. Your hair is grayer. It probably is. Really? Yeah, Do you wh- get any What grays? else is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> See, back at it like again at Krispy Kreme. Yeah, just getting in the saddle, like riding a bike. But yeah, it's been a good time. I went to Disneyland over the weekend and feeling full of fun and uh, Mickey Mouse pep. You know what? We have a guest in the house to talk about Life Life House, House. but it's not Dr. House. It's not Hugh Laurie. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Let's introduce her right now. Oh, friends, folks, she is a comedian, I'll say. I'll say she's an actress. She's a writer. She's one of my favorite ladies of front-facing camera comedy on Twitter. (laughs) Friends, give it up for Olive McGowan. (laughs) What's that? It's McGowan. McGowan? Fuck! (laughs) Do it again. Ladies and... (laughs) Okay, let me do it again. Ladies and ladies. (laughs) Ladies and ladies. (laughs) Friends, she's a... She's a wonderful friend to me. She's a treasure, a treat, a pleasure, a delight. 
And above all, she's professional. Friends, give it up for Olive McGowan. From the top. Hey, everybody. It's episode 103. So I invited my 103rd favorite person in the whole world. Everybody, give it up for Olive McGowan. Is it like Rose McGowan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I should have clarified. Yeah. Oh, thanks for coming on the show, friend. Um, no. Do you know the song at all? It's okay if you don't. It's not a popular song with everybody, especially people from the 90s. Okay. You were born in the 90s, much like Caroline Ely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're right on the cusp of the 90s. Yeah. Me and Taylor, 1989. The one of... And the comparisons go on from there. They go on from there. (laughs) Olive, welcome to the show. Where I think Tina and Amy are going in the afterlife, all that stuff. (laughs) I want to remind everyone that there was an interview in which Taylor Swift, in response to a joke that Amy and Tina made about her dating a lot of guys at the Golden Globes, she said, they're going to hell. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she's like, there's a special place in hell for For women women who don't don't help other women. Yeah. She said they're going so. to hell. <laughs> but you know it's not going to hell if it does exist, Olive McGowan. That's true. I hope not. Thanks yeah. so much for coming on the show, friend. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Hey. Now we have a lot of overlap <laughs> in our history, in our respective guestimonies. There's oh, a lot of Venn yeah. diagram just geographically. Quite a bit, yeah. You were raised in? In Houston, Texas. Get well, at me. Yeah. <laughs> I used to hate Houston. It was like hometown stuff. Yeah. But like in the intervening 10 years I've lived in LA, mm-hmm. especially having visited Houston and Dallas and Austin, all these like Texas cities more. Houston is like either first or second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I always heard Houston was just like, yeah, just like not very nice to be in, you know? Like yeah. That's a town. I mean, that's the main Dallas complaint. You mean? No, Houston. Houston. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of oil refineries, but yeah. we gave you Megan the Stallion. We so. did. Dang. Yeah. Hey, Hot Girl Summer. The, the Houston music scene is very good mm-hmm. overall, yeah. especially a lot of Houston rap. Yeah. yeah. But we're not here to talk about rap. We're here to rap about the Lord <laughs> and our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my baby. What's your history with faith and stuff? <laughs> How'd you grow up? It's a long... An old H-town? Hey. Yeah. Long, long, long history. We only have time. Okay, great. That's we don't much, have money, We're just running we the clock here, time. honestly. So whatever you'd like. <laughs> long ago. <laughs> this is one of those characters. She run does the on the clock. front facing camera con. Oh. <laughs> she does the bros and she does the old she lady. She does old lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much since I was born, I was going to church primarily Baptist in like my younger years. My dad became a preacher when I was, I don't know, I don't even remember when he wasn't. We went to a massive Baptist church. Mm -hmm. I just called my dad a preacher because he led Sunday classes, Gotcha. if that makes sense. But he wasn't like a pastor in the sense of like a shepherd with the flock and like me. No, I think he really wanted to be. Oh. But something was not right, I guess, about, well, we'll get to that. Basically, my dad was the most, like, religious person in our family. He would, like, spend 
hours just deep diving into his Bible every single night. He was um, very strict about like what I could and couldn't watch or me and my brother could and couldn't watch. What's the weirdest thing that they outlawed in the household? There were so many. Harry Potter was that really bummed me out. Yeah. Um, Pocahontas? No, not Fantasia. It might have been Fantasia. Mickey doing sorcery shit. Yes, that was it. He's a freaking witch. Yeah. So Mickey. I couldn't watch Pocahontas. Bad. Dumbledore, bad. Gandalf, bad. Gandalf's all right. Yeah. Lord of the Rings was fine. It was so selective and weird. There's no witch equality in Christian pop culture consumption. I think it just depends on whether the parents like, mm, I kind of want to watch that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and then they're, they're like, we'll make an exception. Matrix is cool. But the one that pissed me off the most was Halloween. Oh, boy. Halloween, like... I wasn't Mike allowed to like, do anything participate Halloween. Oh, in Halloween. Oh, not the movie, the event. The event. And you the wanted entire to, you wanted to dress event. up. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I've always been like a performer kind of person so like the idea of a holiday where I could pretend to be someone else I was like heck yeah I'm gonna (laughs) be whoever I want but um when you were growing up with your dad being this like bible focused and everything for a while did you also like aspire to be in the same way too absolutely yeah I thought my dad was like an absolute hero I was Mm -hmm. like he knows everything. He has a personal relationship with God, which was like the... She did air quotes. The, 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 <laughs> the, you know, like that's the highest. Yeah. You know, he would tell me that like he talked to God and and all that. And I was like, well, I want to have that one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was super intense about faith and whatever. And, uh, and then uh, for one reason or another... Yeah, he said something to his congregation in in air quotes okay. because it wasn't like the full church. It was so like the church was so big that we had these classes that were like Bible studies for like individual groups and like for kids it was age based, but like for adults you could kind of choose. Yeah. He said something to the effect of a person once saved is not saved forever. And that they can lose their ticket to heaven, basically. Ooh, so dropped even, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it went through the gutter. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it blew away. Uh, yeah. Which is a big, you know, theological controversy, depending on the Yeah, a lot church. of people were upset. Mm-hmm. Um, he left the church, and we started church hopping very rapidly it was like a different church every sunday oh man and there were some weird fucking churches that i went to like there, what <laughs> i went to one where they like spoke in tongues the whole time not the whole time oh, but it was like an evening sunday service i still remember it It was in like a warehouse like there were no seats oh. it looked like a kind of like an airplane hangar space wasn't that big but it was were you like, on a dairy farm by chance <laughs> Uh-oh. It was like it was like some sort of those like, were tongues. <laughs> I have no idea where this place was, but, but all like airplane hangar, just empty cavernous. Yeah, like, it was just like room. a huge yeah. like warehouse, all concrete and tin walls. Wow. I was like, okay, like this is cool. Like, like <laughs> I mean, I was just there for the best. ride. Like, yeah, like usually, like when we started church hopping, my mom and my brother were like, okay, we out. Like, we're not going to do this anymore with you. And like, we'll wow. probably keep going to Memorial if we can. But like, otherwise, you figure it out. And then me being like daddy's little prophet, 
was like, I'll go with you wherever. And so <laughs> you're like H.W. Plainview. Your yeah. yeah. It, the rift gets rifty. Oh, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so we went to another church for a little while that was like really small. And he pissed off that preacher for something. I think he said something to the same effect and like called him greedy or something like that. Oh. And, uh, and then eventually my dad just like fully lost his mind and it became apparent that he was bipolar. And so, and it was being untreated, stopped fully going to church and he ended up entering a mental hospital for suicidal attempts and ideation and stuff like that. After he had his run-ins with the mental hospital, he started drinking. My mom started drinking. And by that time, I was like 10 and my brother was 15. And so he was like an angsty teenager. He had a lot of rage. I had kind of taken it upon myself because my dad had said all of these things to me that looking back on it now, I know are just kind of like bipolar mania speak, telling me that I was like a prophet and that I was meant to do great things Mm -hmm. and that I am a child of God and that I need to keep going. But once he fell from grace or whatever, he stopped saying those things to me. And I was just like, well, in my mind, I convinced myself, well, the devil's got him, you know, like that's just the deal. And I'm going to free him. Like I'm going to figure out how to free my dad from the devil. I know. Baby Olive. (laughs) It's so much. Isn't that amazing? And so (laughs) I um, like up to that point, you, the devil was a pretty active figure, like as far as like what you oh, thought yeah. of God in church and like God, devil yeah, was devil, to get us all devil the time was and, just yeah. as real as God. Yeah. He was a supporting and character in your life. Yeah, <laughs> I in you know the 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 rhetoric that's always like the devil only goes for people who are close to God. And yes, I was like, like well, the that's you're doing. That's, yeah, that's why he got him because yeah. he was trying so hard. Yeah, and it's a lot of mission. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. the further my parents, you know, got into their alcoholism. I kind of turned that narrative into the devil testing me or God testing me even of just like, okay, I'm going to take everything away from you and see if you can still go to church. And so I kept going. The Memorial Baptist Church was actually like four blocks away from our house. And so I would walk to church every Sunday morning and Wednesday night for youth group. It was really difficult because everybody still remembered my dad and everyone had heard the gossip of him being in a mental institute. I was like, you know, 10 or 11 and having these like gossipy Southern church ladies come up to me and being like, how are you? How's your dad? And I I would just have to be like... He's good. Like I don't know. Those what ladies, to tell their you. hats are as big as their yeah, mouths. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. They were so intense. Most kids at church like have their parents there with them, and I hated being like the target kid at church. That like youth group leaders and like women in church would come up to and 
try to save, you know? Yeah. Like, I was their good deed if we, like, took in this girl that is in mm-hmm. a bad household. and They kind of made you feel like the run to the litter or something. Yeah, or I definitely... Like the one that needed the lifeboat the most yeah. or something. Yeah, and it didn't always manifest in kindness, mm. you know? Yeah. It was mostly pity, sometimes judgment. And for you, too, being like, I also remember what it was like when I wasn't this kid, you know, yeah. when my family all went together and you all knew my dad and yeah. I was like a normal quote unquote person, yeah. you know? It was such a switch. But I had, I also had friends that I knew at church. Like I had one main friend from church that her family was also kind of fucked up. We bonded over that. Most of the girls, like they would invite me to their sleepovers and it was never because they wanted to (laughs) you know what i mean like it was always like their mom was like you should extreme eighth grade girl with with, yeah and um and then i'd get there and they'd be like don't tell all of that we're doing this at midnight and blah 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 oh (laughs) god so just like straight up bully yeah yeah i relate to that because i feel like i was one of those girls Extended a you did bridge. that to a person. I mean, if you, yeah. if you grew up, if, if you yeah. grew up in, in Kingwood, you definitely were one of those. Yeah. Okay. So wait, what was your perception of Kingwood? It was Mean Girls. Yeah. yeah. I was a Mean Girl. Well, mean, I was a theater. Girl. Like I think of like trampolines, pools, and yep. like blow yep. up moon bounces on birthdays. No moon bounce for me, but the other two. Yeah. Although I think we got rid of the trampoline when my dad fell through it. Uh, (laughs) No, yeah, it's funny. You can laugh. He's alive. It's okay. He didn't die. He's a good man. He fell through a trampoline. Okay, it's really funny. Imagine like a fifty-year-old me. See, there we go. Yay! I just like like a cartoon, like like stuck in your waist. Turns into a skirt. Oh boy! Oh no! It was he fell through like the slats. You know where the where the springs are. Ow! So he like everybody does. Yeah, that's you're just gonna get hurt on a trampoline. I don't know why we have so many crazy that. But before you get hurt, you're gonna get having fun. Oh no! (laughs) Oh well, maybe on accident. Huh. But that was the wow. social dynamic. And you kept going kids. to church like with all this bad vibe coming at you all the time yeah. and like weirdness. And, yeah. yeah. And it I think up until twelve, I wholeheartedly believed that I could save my dad if I like prayed hard enough and if I just like led by example. And then this one night I came home from church and he was like really drunk. And he just, like, laughed in my face and was like, I can't believe you're still going. Like, you actually still believe? That's crazy. And I was like, there's no, like, I can't, I can't do anything. And I kind of, like, had that realization. And then the narrative turned to, okay, well, like, God is going to replace the dad that I don't have anymore. And so that's why I kept going. And And I kind of, um, the more Christ-like I was, like the better uh, daughter I was, if that makes sense. If like God was my dad now, like if I truly like believed, then that would be it. And then like around age 13, house got so bad that I actually left (laughs) and moved in with my grandparents. Oh, wow. 
And they lived like five hours away from Houston. Fredericksburg. Fredericksburg. Really far. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're amazing. My grandfather since passed, but my grandmother is still around and I wouldn't be sitting here right now if it wasn't for them. Like they are absolutely incredible people. But after I moved to Fredericksburg, it was even more Christian. (laughs) And so that was my new home. And I loved it because I had parents now and I had their like unlimited support in everything that I did. And then I started making friends through theater. All of my friends went to church and stuff. Mm. When I was 13 and things got really bad, I was kind of like, I think I'm done with church. But then I met one of my best friends in Texas. She went to Church of Christ. Church of Christ is the denom that actually does believe the stuff that your dad was talking about. Where it's yes. Like, you can lose your salvation. It they can be a do. ticket that gets lost. They definitely believe that they're the only denomination that gets into heaven. They're, they don't believe in using instruments in church. They don't believe... Because they're not in the Bible. They don't believe in women speaking in church at like, all. Period? Literally at all. Not announcements? No announcements. No prayers. Oh, nothing. Boy. One of my best friends in high school was a church of Christ preacher. Whew. He was like a 17-year-old kid yeah. who grew up Church of Christ. And, you know, he was... What is this? There Will Be Blood? Uh, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it was around the... Actually, we did see There Will Be Blood together. Oh, and he was like, wow, I really related to yeah. that weird... Oh, that poor man. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that poor religious man. <laughs> Daniel Plainview shouldn't have that done movie that. movie shouldn't have died at the end. That sucks. Oh, spoilies. That's <laughs> uh, been 12 years. Um, it's okay, okay, so... But your best friend was, your Church, friend of was Church of Christ. Yeah, my best friend was Church she of Christ. She was into it and was like, I mean, it was all she knew. It was the church that she was raised in and her best friend growing up was like the pastor's daughter and so they were very much involved and like the community itself at that church was very nurturing of their church members like everyone had each other's backs like if somebody had a medical emergency or if somebody died or if something went wrong they were always there for their congregation which I appreciated Um, did you feel like you got more genuine support than you did at your old Kingwood church or Houston Church? No. <laughs> <laughs> only, only. I mean, from my friends, my especially from my best friend, absolutely. But it's a small town. Everyone knows everyone, and everyone wanted to know my deal. But was it worth it because of the friendship you had with her, and that's why you kept going? It, Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely wow. why I kept going. And then, like, the deciding factor was when she took me to church camp with her that summer. I can't really explain (laughs) the absolute like intoxication of like the holy spirit that you feel at church camp like feeling x oh yeah it's like euphoric almost like they never used instruments um in worship (laughs) at the church at the church camp that's really impressive yeah but amazingly and for a while i was like this is fucking weird like why can't we jam out to lifehouse or something (laughs) um but they every night would go into a gazebo and all of the like high school level campers would come in and just like sing a cappella to the top of top of their lungs i have chills yeah (laughs) and like everyone knew like eight harmonies to every song it was so impressive and i just remember like the first time i was in it i was like I was 
sobbing. I was like, this is the most incredible feeling I've ever experienced is like being surrounded by a bunch of people who are all doing the same thing and not giving a fuck about what anyone looks like or what anyone sounds like. It was just all like complete vulnerability around people that I didn't know except for my best friends. And and then that year at church camp, I met my first boyfriend mm. who I went Lucky. on to date for like almost a year. He like lived in another really. town. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, a whole he like, year? Yeah, he wow. lived in another town that was like three hours away. And I was like, I fell so deeply in love with him. And I think that also motivated me to stay in because I was like, if I go to church, like I'm gonna meet the love of my life. Like that's well, yeah. where I'm gonna it's kind meet of a him. Deal. That'd be dumb to think that. Oh, uh. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, but I like girls too. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, yeah, I met him. It definitely like kept me in, and especially since like people at church camp were like so for it, even though we we're like 14, <laughs> they were like, yes. <laughs> Yes. Like be intentional this with each is other. Because. Follow your the core of your relationship should be God. And I'm like, I, I just yeah, started absolutely. my period. <laughs> like, he is. And you we're following me, brother. Uh, okay, I guess I could give it a shot. <laughs> Jesus boy, oh porn boy. only. Um, so he broke up with me. Over Facebook. I'm so sorry. FaceTime. (laughs) Facebook is worse. I know it's been a long time, but that hurts me. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I was pretty devastated when it happened. Was Um, this post AIM when you grew up? It was, but it was Facebook was still fairly new when when this happened. That makes me feel slightly better. Yeah, Facebook was like only like two years old, maybe. Mm -hmm. Facebook came out when I was going through my first divorce. I knew it. That's kind of my... That is 57 years old. (laughs) I can't do this anymore. (laughs) So it's Miss Piggy. (laughs) Why is it with... Why would I marry... I'm sorry. It's just not working out. Oh, it's me talking to my puppets. (laughs) I see. Yeah. I had a fake marriage to a puppet in my bed. Yeah. She moved out. It wasn't Miss Piggy. Oh, no. It was Janice. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, okay. Honestly, Janice. Why can't we just chill in our marriage, man? (laughs) Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Um, Pick up with you over Facebook. Yeah, over Facebook. I kept going to Church of Christ. And then I started dating a Catholic boy my sophomore year. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ooh, yeah. And um, his mother was very Catholic. For the first four months that we were seeing each other, he didn't tell his mom that he was with me. For a while, I was like, why can't you just tell her what's going on? He's like, she's really overprotective and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're 16, what is the deal? And as soon as I started going over to his house, that's when I realized why he didn't want to introduce me to her because she was like, so when are you converting? And I was like, "Uh, to what? And she was like, the Catholic Church. And I was like, "I, I mean, I don't have any plans. And she was like, well, your grandmother's Catholic. I know. And what? she was like, well, then why aren't you? And I was like, I just haven't thought about it. <laughs> it's not gonna. Hey, and then, are those Doritos for everybody? <laughs> um, oh, oh, see you later. Go. <laughs> yeah, with your son. Bye. <laughs> uh. Wow. Like, I feel like at the time I would think she's being dead serious. But now in my adulthood, thinking about like her grilling you at 16, like, why haven't you converted yet for my son? It's she like, was probably she just was scaring you off. Yeah. Or like, like, yeah, just trying to having a laugh. He was like, do you think you can start coming to church with me? And I was like, well, I go to Church of Christ on Sundays, but I'll go to youth group with you. 
on Wednesdays. And so I started going. I church hopped so much before then that I I think I truly developed an interest in theology and like a curiosity of wanting to know what everyone believes, especially like the weirder it got, the more I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Catholic isn't the weirdest in my opinion, but there's some things that not a lot of denominations do, like praying for an hour straight. I actually enjoyed doing that when there were like a couple of times where we would pray the entire rosary and I learned it and um, it was very meditative for me. Yeah, it sounds so analogous to what meditation would actually be. Exactly. I wasn't like, yes, God is answering my prayers. I was just like, I'm putting, eh, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but I enjoyed it. Change the machine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I also was curious because my grandmother is Catholic and I wanted to know like why she was that. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's pretty liberal for a, an 86-year-old woman in Texas. And then my boyfriend told me to go on this thing called the Axe Retreat, which I don't know if you've heard about, but it's like a Catholic winter retreat. Basically, during your winter break, you go for New Year's Eve like weekend. Uh-huh. I thought a church experience couldn't get more intense than church camp and then i went to the axe retreat and i was like i am god's child (laughs) i was like i am a child of god again and it was like super charismatic what happened on it i mean it's super emotionally based and now looking back on it i'm like that was manipulative but like i mean the retreat starts with you going through the stations of the cross It was like outside in the freezing cold at night. You go through these like different vignettes that lead to Jesus being crucified. And it's like a reenactment. By the end, you watch Jesus die on the cross, acted out by a dude you went to high school with. (laughs) And um, Hey, Tommy. (laughs) And you're like, oh, my God, like, I want to fuck him because he's playing Jesus. It's complicated. It's complicated, but that's how it is. (laughs) Um, It started with that. And then, like, throughout, we just got all of these, like, personalized, like, one-on-one things. Like, we had, like, this prayer session where, like, we entered the big house on this campground. And it was led by kids our age that we went to high school with. We all knew. Yeah. And so, like, these were mostly kids that were, like, way more popular than me pretty and like football players like kind of like a texas like dream and they had like their hands all over me and like praying over me and like wanting to seeming interested and wanting to get to know me and i was like oh my god like this is amazing like i feel so seen and and listened to and then the last night we get like a bag of letters written by everyone on the team addressed to us specifically like mm-hmm. a personalized letter to everyone on the extra treat and also letters from our family members and our friends and then after that after you read all these letters from like your parents that are like i'm so proud of you blah 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 i didn't have that experience because like i didn't have parents i got a letter from my grandmother but after that you walk out of the of your cabin and everyone's parents are waiting for them whoa in the middle of the night what in the middle of the night 
Whoa. Also, oh, also they so take they sounding your, like Midsomar. Like yeah, it's you're tr- talking, it's weird. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh. and like they uh, they take your phones and watches away, so you never know what time it is for the entire. Whoa, you're like, all I know is that it's been dark for several hours, <laughs> and so everybody's parents are waiting for them with like candles, and everyone just immediately like falls to their knees. Oh my gosh! And like, because you've been stripped. Uh, of everything at that point you yeah. you are so vulnerable and I remember I went on the axe retreat with my best friend that was Church of Christ and my other best friend I think she was Methodist but everybody went kind of if yeah. like and my parents obviously weren't there and my grandmother couldn't make the drive so I didn't have uh, anyone there and both of my best friends like families were standing next to each other and I just like went to them and like they held me and cried with me and those are parts of it that like no matter how I feel now I can't they can't be taken away in terms of like community and feeling loved by people just that moment specifically of like having people that weren't my family saying we're here and so i did the axe retreat and then i started going to both churches every other sunday you know i'd go to church of christ one sunday and then i go to mass and then and so i was like kind of a member of two churches which is weird and then i went to church camp at the church of christ camp and that's when i started to feel true resentment when i was younger the rules a lot of the rules didn't apply to me because i wasn't old enough yet Mm -hmm. but then once like adult men at church camp were telling me that my shorts were immodest because they didn't touch my knee or that um i'm not joking like, it's just funny to picture you and knee touching shorts. It's so hideous. <laughs> it's so hideous. It's not the look. It's so bad. Um, no. They were so strict about our dress code. The girls only. Boys could wear whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. But the girls. Or not wear whatever they wanted. Oh, sure. Yeah. Who cares? But we couldn't wear like tank tops. And it was 103 degrees <laughs> oh, in the middle of the gosh. summer. I was getting kind of angry about that. I'm curious how you managed to like be enough of an advocate for yourself to be like, this is bullshit at this point. Whereas like maybe I or people like me would have been like, I'm sorry, you know, yeah. like, oh my God, yeah, you're right. And that yeah. was, yeah, I, I can't believe I I don't I know what it, I, I think possibly it has something to do with my grandmother of just like, she's always been an advocate of like, stick up for yourself, especially when you think somebody is spewing bullshit, like, things that are only meant to disempower you. Mm. Like when you start becoming a woman in a Christian church, or at least in my experience, the, I mean, like the focus on sex is like, so it's like inescapable. Like everyone's talking about sex and then to not do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's a constant conversation. And I just like, I was like, why are we talking about this all of the time? Like there are much bigger issues that teenagers are dealing with that have nothing to do with sex. Like, why aren't we talking about depression or anxiety or or eating disorders or... And you felt those specific things at the time. Yeah. 
Because I feel like most people would just like. <laughs> all, they, like, all they were thinking about was sex. Yeah, yeah. well, and just, well, and they were not thinking about those right. things specifically. Right. And I think your kind of insider outsider perspective yeah. did give it that. Because for me, or, you know, probably a lot of us going along, we're just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Right, and like, yeah. we didn't think about depression or anxiety yeah. or body image stuff. Oh, that wasn't on my radar at all. And so in that way, I started to feel really unseen again. And then I, at church camp, and this was like after all the axe retreat stuff, I was like, you know what? I'm going to like try to truly figure out what church I want to go to. And so I would go up to the youth ministers that were at the church camp and ask them really hard questions about their faith. Every single one of them at one point turned away from me. Weird. Like as soon as I asked something that was too difficult, they'd be like, oh, well, uh, lunch is coming up soon. So uh, gotta go. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, okay. That like sucks. Yeah. Cause usually people at least do you the benefit of like giving you a shitty answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they'll, remain with you but Mm -hmm. to have people like thoroughly reject the premise yeah of the question sucks yeah once it kind of like became clear i think amongst the church leaders at at camp that i was like the outspoken girl there Mm. they found it necessary to reiterate during our prayer circles and started reiterating the importance of letting men lead the church and how we have to trust that they have our best interest in mind and that they're speaking the gospel all the time. We have to trust them. And so I was like, that feels so wrong. Um, And then the following year, I was asked to be a team member for ACTS, which was like the highest honor, like especially since I wasn't Catholic. Yeah. They were like, we want you on our team. And I was like, damn, I am a Christian. Like, (laughs) I got this shit down. For real. Yeah. Cause like getting a leadership position as a kid, like in the church, especially maybe if there's like a bigger pool to choose from. Right. It's usually like a really charismatic Mm -hmm. kid or the kid that like stays the longest or is Mm -hmm. like connect, like well connected and is like good at talking to adults, usually, you know, that kind of thing. Right. I think I, looking back now, I think my appeal was that I was like the damaged kid on the team, which sounds, yeah, which sounds crazy, but Mm -hmm. like everyone knew the year before Axe, we did this thing called Agape and we stood up and shared our stories. And so everyone That's what they want. They want the testimony cuz then yep, it's like Look they wanted my they literally little, wanted yeah. my testimony oh, because man. I gave my testimony of like my fucked up family and all that and how I was still a believer even after all of it because the first meeting of the Axe Retreat team they were like so are you going to give your testimony at the Axe Retreat I was like maybe Wow. So you felt like a show pony at that point. I kind of did. Like, look at cool what God can do yeah. and like the, her crazy life or something. Yeah. Look at God. Um, <laughs> and then I <laughs> I didn't end up giving it at the Axe Retreat. Um, they did cast me as Mary. Okay. <laughs> in uh, the Stations of the Cross. You're speaking to a fellow Mary. Yeah. Third grade. It was uh, nativity pretty scene. Pretty amazing. Always a Judas, never a Mary. <laughs> and then like... We do Judas in like your nativity a, scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like Save another baby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they did like a a group a group vote for like who would play Jesus and Mary. 
weird. And they voted for Jesus before Mary because it was like Catholics. And so they were like, Mary is the highest honor mm-hmm. to play. And it felt so weird to vote for someone to play Jesus. <laughs> I was like, how do I even? And then they ended up like choosing an asshole, like a jock guy that was like so fucking disrespectful to women. But they're like, yeah, he's um, he's the most Christ like. I was like, okay, sure. And then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> after they voted me as Mary, and we were like leaving. I was like, man, I can't believe, like this. This is crazy <laughs> that I got married, and uh-huh. then and this other girl was like, well, you're like the most virginal, <laughs> and I was like, uh, you're not wrong. Oh, <laughs> oh very sweet. Oh, wow. That's Again, so I would be a perfect up. Mary. <laughs> Still, Kevin, it's too now. late. No, I don't. Uh, no, it's she not. She was 14. I could, oh, I could God. Pass. Actually, you could find no, Sadly, I was 17. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> Is that yes. Mary like 14 or 13 or something? Oh, God. Mary's like it's nine years old. Hard to think about. <laughs> Mary it. is yeah. just born. Yeah. Um, so, being on the team, I got pretty close to uh, a lot of people, and and then it, it ended, and I was like, okay, like I don't really want to be with my boyfriend anymore, though. Oh, oh dang. the one who brought me here. Um, I was feeling very, still very secure in Catholicism like, for, yeah. a, for like I can't really explain because i didn't really like a whole lot of the people that went to the catholic church i hate to say that like i want to be friends with people that have like been through things (laughs) but like i realized that like either me talking about my stuff was like uh, trauma porn for some of them of like oh tell me more oh my god that's so crazy wow oh wow how did you oh you're so strong wow or it would just make them wildly uncomfortable and so i was like there's no (laughs) safe place um, you couldn't find someone that could just be. Yeah, like that. yeah, right. Except for like my best friend who went to the Church of Christ. I was like, she's my go-to like trauma, mm-hmm. <laughs> trauma disher. A good listener. Uh, yeah. Great listener. And I went to church camp one more time because I was really excited because the seniors at church camp like have a whole lot of influence and power. Yeah, you like and run the show yeah, and you like, like do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of leadership. <laughs> and no law. And when, yeah. I, when I got there, I had all of these ideas. Some of them they let me do, which we'll get to when we talk about Lifehouse. Oh, but yes. <laughs> um, they let Smell me. Smell a skit. Yeah. But for the most part, I was like shut down completely. And I got like this horrible knot in my stomach halfway through camp of just like, I don't feel valued. And I felt truly betrayed by something that I had dedicated so much time to. That's like the first time I felt betrayed by my faith. I was like, here I am like actually converting people. (laughs) Like at the axe retreat and at church camp, like truly bringing, quote unquote, bringing people to Christ. And you're telling me I shouldn't speak or I shouldn't have influence here. Like that's so upsetting. Um, And it, it just made me feel so small. And then one night, this was like the night before the last night of camp. And this kid in our prayer circle, this kid from like Alabama was there. And he was like, my best friend back home 
is the most Christ-like person that I know, and he's gay. And he tried to kill himself because he thought he was going to hell Mm. and that there was nothing he could do about it. I was just like so heartbroken for this kid because one of my best friends from Houston had experienced the same thing. And I was like, this is so toxic and sad that this is happening. And then I looked over at the youth minister. I was like, what are you going to tell this kid? He's literally like crying, telling you or asking you to like comfort him Mm -hmm. about this. And the youth minister goes, well, I suggest your friend take a look at Leviticus. Oh, my God. That's not even the right one. (laughs) That's not even a recent one. (laughs) It's not even the... (laughs) The main one. Yeah. Leviticus? Yeah. Wow. Just no compassion at all None. just like and then you like, said Correct. i suggest you take a look at my ass <laughs> <laughs> take a look at these these nuts <laughs> these right here nuts. first d's yeah. first nuts yeah. and i like through to d's nuts you can, like, after that moment i like looked over at my best friend and and we just gave each other this look like oh my god yeah you ready to fuck shit up <laughs> And she was like, I'm ready to fuck shit. That's so nice that you shared that, though. Yeah. And you weren't, like, yeah. isolated in that Lonely feeling. Because it could have been, like... Yeah, she's <laughs> she's always been there with me in terms of, like, what was right and wrong and stuff like that. And so we were bunkmates. And that night, we were just like, okay, so tomorrow is, like, the prayer walk, which is, like, this huge, like, emotional thing that the seniors lead. And we were like, we have to, like, come up with something full well knowing that we weren't allowed to as women. We weren't allowed to like lead any type of lesson. You're about to Norma Ray that shit. That morning we meet with all of the seniors and the boys are like, so like, what are we going to do? And <laughs> and me and Great my- Great minds uh, came together that morning. <laughs> me and my like, best friend were like, well, we have these verses and a couple of ideas. And they're like, yeah, but like you can't. And we we're like, Okay what do you have? And they were like, mm, I don't know. Like, we'll probably just like put something together. I have like this really good verse. Have you ever heard of the John 316? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being facetious. But it was like, some. it was so half-assed and half-hearted that I was like, you don't even, oh, like you don't even want this. Yeah, job. like I'm yeah. so passionate about this <laughs> and you, and then now I'm seeing is like, it's not just a church. <laughs> it's like everywhere in your life. Um, So, the the big night came we do the prayer walk and me and my best friend are like when we go from station to station we sing and me and my friend are like leading the songs and nobody's stopping us and we're like okay and then at the end we all meet at the amphitheater and there's like a cross up and then like the seniors say senior boys say things and they give the mic to like this guy who's like a shithead and Minus like one other guy that was like really, really great. <laughs> um, but for the most part, they were just like, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. And um, just like keep the faith. And uh, yeah. After like this huge emotional, <laughs> beautiful walk. Um, and then we tried to get the mic. And they, one of the youth ministers was like, nope. <gasps> like literally. <laughs> literally Damn. snatched. And and then we were like, fine. And then after that, we all went to our final prayer circle with all of the seniors. One of the guys was like asked to give a little lesson for us, and he did it. 
And then the guy, the youth minister was like, so does anybody have anything else to say? And I was like, I do. And I stood up, which like nobody does (laughs) Uh, unless you're leading something. And I had my Bible and I can't remember what verse it was, but it was basically to the effect of like, God doesn't care who you are or or where you come from, like what you did, as long as you love him. As long as you love him, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it happened to coincide with a popular yep. song at the time. Yeah, yeah, I sang the whole verse. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I said this verse and was like, so what I'm trying to say is, I'm allowed to tell you these things because God, He doesn't discriminate against wow. who He does and doesn't want to preach the gospel. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. Like, you're good. That's great. <laughs> and um, and the reaction was, oh my god, positive. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> no, what no. The, the huh. youth minister. Well, th- there was like a there was like an adult woman that was like standing outside of the gazebo, and her lips were so pursed that I, I mean, I couldn't see them anymore. And. Uh, and then the the youth minister was like, he just didn't say anything. And like, I sat down and he was like, okay, so uh, just to reiterate, everybody stay seated if you're not leading. <laughs> and I was like, well, I was leading, so, so fuck you. I did it right. <laughs> um, but then after that, I was so angry with the lack of support that I had um, in my my church groups and stuff like that and um once i got to college i was just kind of like i'm not i'm in no hurry to find another church but i was aware because I, w- I went to college in colorado that like maybe the churches wouldn't be as rigid the two girlfriends that i made when i first got there were both still very involved in the christian church they were just like, yeah, we go to this church if you want to come with us. And then I go and I'm like, you know, I'll give it a, ch- I'll give it a shot. And I'm already like put off by the interior design. I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is a lot of money. And then the sermon is about tithing. Yeah. The whole thing <laughs> was just like, if you like want to be a real Christian, uh, it's only right to oh, I want to be a real Christian. give money to your church. Okay. And that's when I was mm-hmm. like, mm, yeah, I think I'm done with church going. And I went to like a universalist church a few times in college. But for the most part, I just couldn't put myself in church communities anymore. I felt bad in, in both ends of the spectrum. And I'm not saying that there isn't a spectrum. I'm but all I had experienced up until that point was just like shaming, sexism, homophobia, and then when that didn't exist, greed, pandering, manipulation. and manipulation. I was like, fuck, like nowhere is safe. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I was reading an article about Lifehouse, which just reminded me of this mm-hmm. like thought. But uh, I feel like a lot of Christians, when they hear these kind of stories, they're like, well, not every church is like that. Mm-hmm. And like, that's your story and yeah. yada, yada, yada. 
And it's kind of like, but every church is a little bit like that. Yeah. And like, especially maybe in the more mainstream stuff where everyone is kind of following a template. Yeah. And like, there's definite theological differences, but like patriarchy is baked into so much of this because stuff. Because it's baked into everything. Because it's baked into everything yeah. and especially the Bible. And if you're not like actively fighting it, then yeah. you are going to actually feel like this in most right. churches you go to. Right. I think it'd be healthy to acknowledge that across the board for the best case scenario, in every situation and whatever it is of faith stuff or church or organization in the best case scenario, there's going to be some bullshit. Yeah. Well, and also too, like if the church is like worshiping family in a big way, like of course, if your family's unusual, yeah. that's also going to like that was some, isolation. Yeah, that was definitely something seemed that like was a theme very too. isolating. Yeah. And me. like that's, and that's not even the church, maybe in the, in the Catholic church, like that was trying to make you feel that way. Right. But, but just by nature of like the way the event was set up, it was right. like your parents were supposed to be yeah. there. And if they yeah. weren't there, it was obvious. And it made it so, yeah, it was like, oh, <laughs> it brought so much attention yeah. to the fact that I like didn't have that parents. They there. I was like, oh, fuck. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's like literally in my face, everyone's parents <laughs> and not mine. Yeah. And like that went a really like high emotional moment. So yeah. I guess all that to say like, or to support you and be like, maybe your experiences are actually kind of typical in a lot of ways and like mm-hmm. everyone has their flavor of it but yeah oh because i was reading in a, an article like the, the author was like a christianity today and they were talking about the lifehouse guys and how one guy had been kind of outspoken about the church being problematic mm-hmm. or whatever and then it has like a full paragraph where it's like it sounds like that he's gone through a lot though and i think we can all pray and hope that like he softens towards the church and if we treat him with kindness like he just like went on a little editorial spree on the side yeah. that like we could change his mind it's not like he just met a couple bad apples yeah. or something. I, I think I also like made the realization in college. And I know that like in the Bible, the church is of high importance. And like that's like the base of your faith is going to church. But now I fully believe that somebody can be any religion and not go to church. <laughs> like fully devoted to their God or... I think some of my political views definitely overlap with like churches not being taxed and stuff and like that being I think it's an issue I think if mm-hmm. if churches paid taxes people probably wouldn't hate on it as much like it's <laughs> it, it's a huge aspect of like people's resentment towards it like if people were paying taxes and then we're also like being assholes to be like well at least they're paying to be there <laughs> you know like at least they're yeah, like paying to like they're pitching in yeah like <laughs> we pay to like fucking smoke weed or whatever whatever our thing is and they pay to like hate <laughs> gay people like i don't know but the the idea that like people are gifted a space and platform yeah an institutional blind spot right. in the structure of the country right <laughs> tax system mm-hmm. it's kind of wild yeah hey well thanks for sharing your story yeah, yeah. it's a lot Where are you Houston at now would you say if you had to like um i'd say now throw a dart at something i don't think i can ever say that i don't believe in something greater <laughs> that would mean that i knew everything <laughs> if mm-hmm. i were like yeah that definitely doesn't exist <laughs> be like um you're 24 years old <laughs> living in California. Yeah. But for the most part, and also like I've thought about my future kids and like if they decided they wanted to go to a church, I'd like fully support and be like, okay, like do your research. And if you feel like you belong there, then I can't, <laughs> I can't stop that. But yeah, I'd say 
my and it's gonna sound very woo woo but i believe in i believe like god is love <laughs> if that makes sense like mm-hmm. oh it sounds woo woo but the sound is woo 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 <laughs> um but yeah like if there is like a god to me that's the the literal definition is love like not just like our god is loving like god equals love god is the equivalent yeah <laughs> to right, right, right. however love exists you're not using a descriptor for the bearded guy no yeah, yeah. You're saying love is God. Yes, love is God. Not God that, like, embodies love. Love, love, embodies love is God. all that is good and knowing and hey. purpose. And on mm-hmm. that note, Here we uh, go. can you tell Caroline what you told me the first time we met? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Uh, oh, we, okay. The first time Olive and I met, she came over to a party at my place. And then we debriefed a few months later. What? And you said about the energy of the room. <laughs> The following. I said, I knew I was in a room full of Christians. <laughs> I, but why did I say that? I because said because we were... everyone was so happy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it sounds eerie now. <laughs> everyone just we're didn't nice. stop smiling. <laughs> Nobody blinked once. <laughs> hey, funny. you're in a room full of Christians <laughs> now, I feel like baby. I'm in a room full of Christians. Well... Let's take a break, and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, From grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Wife house. (laughs) (laughs) My life. House. (laughs) Can you keep it in? My life. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. Let's dive into the topic. 
of my wife house. <laughs> Wait, what other... Se- what, can I read some names? Can I list off some other names that Houston has given us real quick? Yeah. Because I said Megan the Stallion. Beyonce. It's also given us Jennifer Garner, Wes Anderson, Renee Zellweger, Alexis Bledel, Dennis Quaid, Richard Linklater, Billy Preston, Jackie Velasquez... Marianne Williamson, <laughs> Hillary Duff, Marianne Travis Williamson Scott, is from Houston. Gia Tolentino, Beyonce, and most important of all, fam, Jim Parsons. Oh. Houston gave you bazinga. Houston you know seems his, like a big town. His though. high school. Shut up. His high school drama teacher coached me. Wow. Oh. Well, where's your sitcom? Where's your ten I million? Know. Hey, hook it up. You Jim don't talk Parsons. to her like that. This teacher's a hack. <laughs> What was your other Christian pop culture exposure? You were going to a Church of Christ at the time, no instruments, and there were not any bands touring through. So how did you, what did you listen to? How did you see this stuff? I mean, I've I've been listening to like Christian music ever since I was little, because that's all we were allowed to listen to for a long time was like, I told you about Cademan's Call. That was like my jam. I'm so thankful. Yeah. And I'm in Not on this for... Texas sky, you could see for a million on. miles. Is that I come voice from a, long a little line bit country levers. now that I think about it? Derek Webb? Like the turn and I will go. It's always like, I think I, I liked it. Go. I liked it so much because they, they were Texan and. They were like they were like trauma like <laughs> what they their songs they had were like about like mm. like their songs w- were about something it wasn't yeah. just like a bunch of like Ugh. yeah it wasn't yeah. like Jesus I feel you all the time kiss me Jesus <laughs> yeah let's make out oh you were, we were talking about them we were talking about uh, possibly wait where was the uh, what was the there's other? Brandon Heath. I don't know Brandon Heath at all. Really? Uh-uh, no queen. Give me your eyes for just one second. <laughs> that oh, sounds familiar. Casting Crown's Natalie Grant. Yeah. We talked about. I cried to her music. Wow. Held. This is what it is. I got you. To be held. <laughs> I'm like, I need oh, to no. be held. <laughs> Who told us we'd be rescued? What's Olive. changed and why should we be saved from <laughs> A young Olive. Oh! Corny. I think if Olive could talk right now, she'd say, this is sending me. <laughs> this is what it means to be held. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. The sacred is torn from I needed to hear this today. Let's <laughs> see Big Bird do that. <laughs> so if you can imagine how amazing that is for a traumatized child. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I could see it. Caroline, Absolutely. you would know Natalie Grant as the host of It Takes a Church. Oh, reality yes, that's right. Show. Whoa, so what? Reality show where church is the matchmaker. You've got to watch it. I it do. is very fun to watch. It used to be on Amazon Prime, but we did not cover it on the show Natalie. before it left Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. It was like, yeah, it was supposed to be The Bachelor, but like they found the matches from within the church. That's incredible. Family Force 5. Family Force 5. That was like... That was definitely like the beginning of uh, end of middle school, beginning of high school. Like, mm. ooh, I found something that sounds like Cobra Starship, but believes in God. <laughs> <laughs> what does it sound like? What is that? This is Family Force yeah, 5? This sounds disgusting. <laughs> 
Olive. No. No, this is good. No, Olive. I'm with Olive on this one. We've heard Family Force <laughs> okay. 5 in okay. Saving Christmas. Okay, but put yourself in the year 2008 again and tell me you wouldn't think that was the dopest shit. I'd rock out. Okay. Hey! <laughs> so you love the Natalie Grant song. Well, because I don't know what it's like to be hell. <laughs> okay. I'm still wondering. I know what it's like to be in a family force full of five. <laughs> it's the porters right there. We're yeah. the original family force five. And then there was a little life house. A little life house. Hey. I feel like Lifehouse was the original like surprise Christian. Band. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what uh-huh. I mean? Like yes. Like well, they feel- they, they walked so Sufan could rant, run, <laughs> so, <Yeah>. he could rant. <laughs> so he could so rant, so he could go off, so Sufan could run. Go off, please King. edit I out. I want him to rant. <laughs> <laughs> You're really funny. And another thing, uh, uh, I implore you. <laughs> Article A, section two. Um, I feel like their narrative is very entwined with Switchfoot. Yeah. Both lyrically, aesthetically. Yeah, I thought and they then, were the same band for also, a while. Also, they oh. just recently went on tour together where mm-hmm. Lifehouse was opening for Switchfoot like last year. That seems year. backwards. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? Switchfoot is obviously on the B list of this group. Well, I think Switchfoot had more. What was their biggest song? Switchfoot? We were meant to live for so oh, much yeah. more. Yeah. I loved that ourselves. song. It's good. Yeah. But they had, but Lifehouse had you and me. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's what I mean by like secret (laughs) Christian is that like they were all in mainstream Mm -hmm. music. Everyone I knew at the time, Christian or not, knew our Fernie from love with you. I (laughs) remember. I just got to freaking play it at this point. But hanging by a moment was one of those omnipresent for kids growing up in the yeah. In 2000 and in 2001, it was just like, you're going to hear this song a million times. Like what Call Me Maybe was for us a couple years ago, where it's like, this song is everywhere. That's like what most radio songs just were. Yeah. When you were a kid, where it's like, you're going to hear this song. When I listened to this again recently. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like instantly transported to like a grocery store in Houston when I was eight. Can I tell you what, Olive? I was listening to this album today yeah and i texted a friend of mine from youth group that i have not spoken to oh my in god 16 it's years. so nostalgic you had their numbers i uh, instagram and then we started oh. texting it's so nostalgic it literally sent which me. is why i can still cry hey to these songs well they are i also found that lyrically at least for this album the album we're talking about is no name face. Yeah. There's a lot of like overlap thematically with Reliant K stuff. Yeah. With like kind of, I'm actually a piece of shit and I'm trying to get better. Yeah. Stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that. These guys, Jason Wade and then Sergio something, they met at Vineyard Church here in Malibu, California, oh. where the great Keith Green, Nor- Larry Norman, Bob Dylan were all connected I I to. I Vineyard. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Vineyard is that. And they were like a worship band. They were like a little worship band that would like play for the youth group and stuff. So these songs were written in a Christian context and then yeah. they just weren't on a Christian label. Yep. So definitely for this first one and then for everything. And yeah. then there's so many songs where they're just telling on themselves. Like 
in uh, track three unknown, they say, and I'm falling into grace to the unknown, to where you are. And faith makes everybody scared. It's the unknown. They don't know. That keeps me hanging on and on and on to you. Yeah. Maybe it's about a girl. You got to do a lot of math yeah, to get there. Know. Yeah. yeah. Whenever bands are like, we're, yeah, it's not, it's not a Christian. It could be, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. It's part of everything. That's, that's a surprise like, Christian band. Who do you bands? think you're playing? Yeah. Like it's, it's there. Like I don't fly know. leaf. Yeah. Come on. Grace is tell. a tell. <laughs> the word grace is no such a No one else tell. says grace except for Christians. Yeah. Like, th- not that way, you yeah. know? Or Grace Helbig when she introduces herself. Right. Uh, but yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Breathing. That's a very thirsty for Jesus song. I'm finding my way back to Sandy again, yeah. though I don't know what I'm going through, what I'm going to take to get there. Take a breath and hold on tight. Spin around one more time. And gracefully fall back to the arms of grace. So that's about grace. Everything is clearly about God's stuff. But yeah, I remember liking this song and the the sound of it is so... I can't perceive this song correctly. You know what I mean? Like objectively. I'm just like, I'm a little boy in Houston right yeah. now. All you like, need I to can't. hear is a like a singing voice that Someone's goes cutting my pancakes. If it's like any cut to those were the salad days. Pancakes cut as far as the eye could see. Bathtubs full of plenty. Lifehouse blared. I do remember listening to Lifehouse with those pancake rolls. There were these girls. Yeah. There was a group of girls I used to hang out with when I was a kid that were older than me. And then one time I asked one of them to cut my pancakes. I remember one of them, Courtney, said she sang to this song, I'm standing here until you make me nude. And we were like, Courtney? Courtney. No. She's like, what? Courtney's crazy. Uh, she crazy was the court. funny one. Classic court. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, there's a lot of that. I'm, I'm Courtney. Just, <laughs> Like we're all Courtney. Yeah. No, you're not Courtney. You're Tell more of a I'm Megan Courtney. than a Courtney. I think we're all Courtney. Ooh, okay. You don't know who that is. Yeah, I know. Megan's the one. My clearest memory of her is her crying hysterically, facing down on the floor in youth group. <laughs> <laughs> it was during like okay. a charismatic. I part. am a Megan, but still. <laughs> but she was funny. Cool. Uh, what did they mean to you? Like, what did this album mean to you? Pretty much all of like Lifehouse's disco discography. Up until like 2016, maybe 2006 is probably when I it, they fell off for me. Mm. But everything before then was like it's just like so ingrained into my childhood. Yeah. But specifically the song "Everything." Now, why is that? So, <laughs> <laughs> the axe retreat. Oh man, you can't play it. Take take, take us back. Take us back. <laughs> So we did a, well, this was when I was a. (laughs) You got your shit to me. (laughs) It does, yeah. Like this post-grunge stuff. Back up your skirt a little more. (laughs) I killed a cash Oh, man. Wanna speak to me? A lot of the women in the 90s, like Natalie Merchant and Lance Morissette, and everyone was kind of doing ah, this sort yeah. of thing. And a lot of the boys were doing this sort of thing. Yeah. Scott Steppy and Dave yeah. Matthews like, Rrr. Yeah, anything that is like, <laughs> sounding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, such an affectation. I get it. But um, at the so Axtra Street, when, oh, I was, yeah. when I was a, an attendee, they put on this skit to this song about a girl that it's definitely... <laughs> suggestive that like Jesus is her boyfriend 
Yep. <laughs> like if you you watched watch it, right? Yeah. That's this, the one she did. Well, this skit, yeah, it's like everywhere. Yeah. It, I I don't know who invented it or yeah. like where it started. I think yeah. Olive did. But, <laughs> well, I mean, where did you get it from? Or maybe it was from the video. Well, I like watched the video it, went I watched viral it at too. Yeah. Axe Retreat, and I was like, that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It's very effective it is um, oh god so, <laughs> the guy that plays jesus in this what if i cry watching this episode. i know I mean, you might kind of gets to so me. The, the video <laughs> has 37 million views Whoa. on youtube.com and it is a human video it's one of the things we've talked about before where it's like kind of a dance but it's kind of it's just a movement like a piece. wordless sketch yeah, yeah like it's like a lip sync almost it's like a body sync they're miming I don't know how to talk about like everyone it's should a, just like yeah, YouTube it and, and watch it. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's basically like, the summary of it being a girl is God breathes life into her and gives her all these good things, and then the world takes them away. She's tempted. She yeah, she goes through like three rounds, and like other people come on the stage and embody like alcoholism yeah. or like Sex. drugs. Someone takes drugs. a flower from her. Yeah, like a there's medicine. a man that like romances her and takes the flower that like yeah. Jesus gave her or something. Yeah, and then it it gets really emotional because then all of those people come back and literally like press on her yeah. physically, and so she's like crumbling underneath it at kind of the climax of this song. And credit to the kids in this video because this is not <laughs> poorly choreographed. They're it's pretty, pretty good. good yeah. Like, yeah. like they know their choreography. It's not like and Jesus is like on the stage the whole time, kind of trying to get her attention again. Yeah, but they really throw her around. Yeah, really she gets like shoved and stuff. And then at the very end, as she's like just about to maybe collapse under everybody, yeah, Jesus comes and like throws his arms yeah. out and like holds his arms and holds back all of the yeah. people who are like still trying to grab yeah. her and it's it's uh, very it's like effective. kind of like moving me now like yeah. thinking about it it's, it's so effective because yeah. like any that in any context like even if you took it outside the context of christianity a totally. story of like it like, could be like a father daughter or like you know like any kind of story that yeah uh, oh i forgot there's a bulimia temptation yeah there's a bulimia there's like body it's crazy yeah i mean it's 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 fucking around with a lot of thematics i should there is suicide stuff in it and like because she like almost kills herself yeah Mm -hmm. so the message is if you stray from god at all this is what's gonna happen (laughs) yeah just have like a drink here Um, and there but it's also like embodying like actual trauma that people could go through right. or that is hard and I think you're right like yeah. you don't have to be Christian to understand like right. that's painful yeah. and like to yeah, feel protected would she be wonderful yeah she starts cutting herself it's yeah. crazy dude so, so you were this girl so right I saw I saw the sketch and I was like this is amazing and then I went to the Church of Christ church camp the following summer and I was like we oh, I have an idea um and it was like for the talent show basically oh god i forgot this part she tries to run back to jesus and then everyone's pushing her away and the crowd at where they're filming is screaming yeah and this is when they like really start beating this girl up like it's (laughs) she definitely got hurt i had human videos but nothing like this yeah it's hardly a video it's real life Oh man! Sorry, I'll get. What happened at the, yeah. j- the camp? So I, sorry, I'm trying to find a picture. There is a picture. Uh, yeah. I, 
basically I brought it and we did it and like it brought the house down like oh because like we were playing music at Church of Christ oh yeah oh, so it's like bringing the gun song. to a knife fight we, of like, yeah we oh played the song God. but everybody was like everybody's cheering that's so crazy I'm tearing up uh <laughs> hey you just see her like have peace yeah oh because Jesus got her back. Jesus got her. Unfortunately, it's and incredibly well choreographed. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately And, so. you know, and then you just never have to deal with that stuff again. And it doesn't come back And then ever, you got right? your boyfriend, your husband, <laughs> your dad, and Everything works out and, and you son. have a new white shirt and it's all going to be good now. Are there any <laughs> other songs on this album, No Name Face, that you connected to super hard? Uh, Simon. Simon. Simon is the one about bullying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wait, were you bullied? What do you think? <laughs> were you the bully? No. Okay. <laughs> she talked about being bullied. <laughs> well, not like well, it, like I didn't school? talk to about the uh, yeah, not oh, the actual <laughs> bullying. School bullying. Yeah. Oh, school bullying. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Because I was friends. like, I was like poor and stinky. <laughs> oh man. That shit is that <laughs> sucks. Yeah. Texas kids are a particular kind yeah. of cruel. Texas too. private school kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. come on. So you listen to this song and you're like, this is me. I'm I think like, you know, you hear that sound. that's like that. There is something about that sound that was so soothing to me. Oh. I was like, yeah, I was like, this is, I could listen to this sound forever. Oh, man. And so, and I would just like listen to this song and everything and um, You and Me, which is on a different album in my room and like come up with like my own movement pieces yeah. and like lay in my bed and just like nothing like dry like brings out emotion faster for me than like a song mm-hmm. and you'll cry at music more than you will movies yeah. or tv yeah because for me music feels like the most vulnerable art form and maybe it's because like the idea of me making music sounds horrendously vulnerable. I'm <laughs> just like I could never do that. Um, but yeah, like hearing people like willing to share their voice and their lyrics and like sound is like so powerful. I don't know. Music definitely has helped me through so much <laughs> yeah. in my life. It's like the next best thing of like having someone to talk to. Mm. You can still listen to a voice that it feels like it's addressing you personally. You know, like when you're watching a TV show, there's like a fourth wall. In movies, there's a fourth wall. But with like music, they're like, who else are they talking to other yeah. than the person that's listening? You yeah, know, when you're alone. And, that and so I, I was, I was uh, how do I put this? I was talking with someone where when they were talking about a particular, like their relationship with this artist or band, they said, he's talking to me. (laughs) And that was like really resonant of like, oh shit, yeah. When you were listening to this thing, they're talking to me right now. Yeah. Like they're not like, here's a performance, come look at it. It's like, I'm talking to you. Right. Like I want to communicate and connect with you. Right. And that idea is very powerful. Yeah. And I think that's like why I listened to Christian music that was like this, because it's like, this is like the damaged Christian music. Do you know what I mean? Like this and like Flyleaf and Switchfoot. Mm-hmm. And, and that was something that I was dealing with. I felt like a bad Christian all the time. And like, I just wanted to be better and yeah. I just wanted my family to be okay. And like, and like still wanted to believe in God, but it was really fucking hard. 
I was listening to someone who was dealing with that too. Mm. And so like people thought, you know, especially in high school, if like I told someone I listened to Christian music, they'd be like, that's weird. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I It was relevant to me. And then like as I've grown up and there were definitely other artists that weren't Christian that were re- relevant to me at the time. Mm-hmm. But like that's music has kind of always been my outlet for something that isn't that I'm not doing. You know, I feel like when people are going through it, they like can find their outlet through like, like eating or like hiking hiking or, or, but that's even something that they're doing. Like, I I can't really explain it, but like the idea of like consuming something for comfort, um, people like watch movies for comfort or eat for comfort or call people. I don't know. Um, but Music has always been the thing, like, that helps me the most. Yeah, that's, like, self-soothing in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know what you're saying. One of my notes for the songs, because my general takeaway was, like, cut yourself a break, dog. Like, he's so hard on himself lyrically mm-hmm. throughout this, where he's like, I don't know everything, and I've tried to memorize stuff, but I failed right. at it mm-hmm. on one song. Like, he's like, I made a lot of mistakes, but I'm trying, and... Yeah, I wanted to loosen up and lighten up on himself. Yeah. But you probably connected to that sense of like mm-hmm. being hard on yourself and mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I can be better. And if I, ju- I just need to do these things and yeah. then I'll get there and I promise you I'll be better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And if you just give me a chance. Yeah. Some of those songs, I think like I had the fantasy still of like saving my dad and like, what if he said these things to me? Mm-hmm. Of like, what if he came to me and was like, I know I fucked up, but I'm here now and I want to try. And and that kind of manifestation was comforting <laughs> to me. Yeah. yeah. Projecting the trajectory of like, oh, it can get better and yeah. you can like have penitence or yeah. whatever. When you're a kid and you're like growing up in the church, like prayer feels like magic. It's this magic thing that if you do it, God will come through and fix the thing you know like i heard we'd always hear like miracle stories of Mm -hmm. like my son was dying in the hospital and then we Mm -hmm. prayed for 12 hours and and then he miraculously recovered the next morning and and or like we thought we were gonna lose the baby and then we prayed or i should have died in that car accident but then i saw an angel over me and like all that stuff yeah i was like well it would only make sense if I'm being a quote unquote good Christian and my dad has walked in faith for several years that like if I badger God enough <laughs> to fix him, like he'll do it. Yeah. And it doesn't work if you just do it once. Yeah. Like he doesn't want that. You know, mm-hmm. that's not dedicated enough right. or something. Just so strange. Like the, the like, <laughs> like weird bargain. You Like I heard church. It was like, but God is in a vending machine. You know, you don't just ask for stuff and get it. So like, mm-hmm. don't trust that. Or like, he may say no or something. Mm-hmm. But also like miracles have happened because of a prayer. Uh, that was utterly, like, like I need true an faith, basically. <laughs> I yeah. need an answer so it was whether like, or not it works. Either way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But And so you kind of like found the in-between, which is just like keeping at it long yeah. enough, like proving, I, like I, holding yeah, up, yeah, like holding that up was, your end of the bargain like, somehow made something happen. That yeah. was like what church leaders told me. And I had like a really religious uncle too that was like, he was really religious and he would just say, you know, keep the faith, keep the faith, keep mm-hmm. the faith. Mm-hmm. I still don't know 
if I'm like wrong <laughs> for not believing in him mm. changing one day anymore. Cause I like, I, I can't, like, I can't say never, like I can't say no, there's no possible way he will get better one day. But like, I haven't spoken to him in six years and I, I mean, I don't even know what he looked. I don't, I don't remember what his voice sounds like. That's mm. crazy. Like I, and, and some part of me is just like, well, maybe if you had kept at it. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That yeah. it's like your responsibility. It's so deep, yeah. To keep working hard mm-hmm. and like that's the message you got. Yeah. And still is kind of there. Mm-hmm. And you know it doesn't make sense, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, it's not logically yeah. like correct. Yeah, and, but yeah. it's, it's some, it, if it's something, it was something that was so deeply ingrained at such a young age. Yeah. And it's hopeful too, yeah. because that means like, there is a way out. Right. And, and it feels too. like, yeah, closing the door for that would be almost like giving yourself over to a worldview of like, well, I guess people don't change and uh, everything means nothing yeah. and it's all is lost, even though that's not true, mm-hmm. even if this is or isn't true in this case. But right. it feels loaded with like, whatever this relationship is, is right. a referendum right. on how I see everything in the right. universe. But it's just hard to live that way. Yeah. <laughs> You're telling me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, believe you me. Believe okay. you me. Uh, their number one stream song on Spotify is... You and me. All right. I love this heads bowed. It sounds like a worship song. Yeah. What day is it? And in what month is like a first dance song? For weddings? For weddings. I think it's a... High school prom song. People yeah. definitely have slow danced this song at their wedding. Like I have uh, and gotten a boner. <laughs> no doubt. Gotten a boner. It's so embarrassing to get a boner at your own wedding. <laughs> I'm not If my husband own. doesn't get a boner at my wedding, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'd be like, why aren't you horny on. now? Be hornier. <laughs> be hornier. I like this song more. It's kind of great still. And all other people, and I don't know why I can't keep my eyes off of you. This was a song I have a very distinct memory in high school with my friend Jordan busking, singing this song outside of the, the local Cold Stone Creek. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. And he would sing this to girls going in like, Hey, yeah. They're like, no thanks. <laughs> Starts it over every time. It's you. That's, it's such you. A, that's such a Christian boy it's thing a, to like you. try to pick up chicks doing. <laughs> playing Cold his Stone. acoustic guitar. Coldstone was like the spot. Coldstone still work at Coldstone too. For one night. For what? one night only. Yep. What happened again? Were you covering? I was friends with everyone who worked there. They're like, you want to oh, get back okay. here and you didn't help work out? The, okay, no. you were like thrown in. Although I gotcha. did uh, have a job interview there. I did not get the job. <laughs> but I did sing a scoop and we will go. A mix and we will go. Hi, how the dare you? We thank you for your dough. This song you sing when you give, you know, wow. get a tip there. You didn't get the job? I did not get the job. Shame Cold, on that Coldstone. Coldstone needs to know that that like tip celebration thing is like the reason why they don't get tips. I think so. Oh, man. Because I stopped giving tips because it made me uncomfortable. I went there three years <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, you're like, oh, I don't want or you to Or at least I'd like, to... I'd like do it in the electronic thing because they only do it if you give a cash tip. Oh, okay. And so I do it on the on the app. <laughs> 
and purposely not <laughs> avoid paying make cash them do because a dance I, I was for like, you. I feel so bad. Yeah, like I gave you a dollar. Them, I've yeah. never experienced a Cold Stone celebration that felt wanted. <laughs> like they were like, oh, fuck yeah, I get to sing this song. <laughs> when I went, the last time I went was three years ago, and it was for another podcast. And and when I tipped them, I was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, You're the uh, I know. Oh, well, it was wow. for the podcast. They're just like, like we don't do it. that anymore. <laughs> I, they shouldn't. And they're just like slowly like slam down their scoop. Like, okay. <laughs> Daddy Warbucks. Let's do this. Let's just say avoid the Cold Stone at the Burbank Outdoor <laughs> Mall next to the AMC. They are not happy over there. <laughs> I well, think, though, yeah. for all their output and all of Lifehouse's stuff and Jason Wade's solo career, <laughs> his biggest musical contribution is probably a cover of a little song called You Belong to Me, which was on oh, the Shrek soundtrack. my what? God. Is that by... Oh, it's a hymn. Wow. What? Yeah, it's a cover. This really speaks to me. I mean, if this doesn't hit you where you live, yeah. She the <laughs> I mean, I remember this. I there's I so to this does he will have dementia because he is not getting enough oxygen to his brain. Every once in a while, like it pokes through when he's not doing the horse thing, and he has like a nice voice. I'm like, just do that. Yeah. You, you got belong it. Believe in yourself. I know you can't. It's like, why does everyone in PR sound like Ira Glass is their dad? Yeah. Why uh. is that? Why does every boy in the '90s that started uh, post grad sound imitating like someone er, too. we're all we're all the sum total of everyone that we're we've ever met? But I'm just a little different. <laughs> okay. Uh, any other songs we want to highlight on No Name Face? Six Cycle Carousel. Oh God, this one's kind of. This is the one where it's like. I just keep sinning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't stop He's sinning. on a cycle. Sin cycle. It's on now, a carousel. Now, for those that didn't grow up in the 90s and 2000s, I will say uh, a cycle of sin and repentance was not a popular songwriting topic. This was kind <laughs> of one of a kind. Yeah, was Sixpence None the Richer a secret Christian yeah. band? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Damn, I fucking loved them. Yeah, they're, they're great. They're very good. They're legit. Girl band. Oh, man. Voice of My an favorite angel. song was... Um, P. Oh God! What's it called? <laughs> there she goes. Have we forgotten? Oh, oh yeah! Do you remember that song? Oh yeah! Right. That's the opening of that album. Damn! I remember listening on, uh, to this on my CD player in the car. You're portable. And anytime we hit a bump, good. it would skip. <laughs> <laughs> this album is good. It's so good. We did a holy toast for sure. We took a trip. The only vacation my family ever took was to Colorado when I was like eight. And I listened to this CD on repeat Aww. on my little portable what CD player. For me, that was Philip Glass's soundtrack score to the hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Meryl Streep oh, and Allison no. Janney kissing uh, in a movie. Hubba, hubba. <laughs> oh, they kissing that? I've wow. never not been this. Yeah, you don't have like... <laughs> A it's not worn out VHS screen. like in your house <laughs> somewhere. No, there were DVDs by then. You can't but you wear still those insisted out. on a VHS. <laughs> it's easier to rewind. No, you're the weirdo that I need insisted a hard copy. on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, no, they're great. They're great. Yeah. Did y'all ever go to like 
Christian bookstores when Life you were little. Way, family Christian store. And Mardell. do you remember they had those like squares with CDs, each album button, oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. you could press it and headphones. it would sample the album for you? That rocked. I loved that. That was cool. I remember like parents would like sample entire CDs at the Christian bookstore before they like bought it for their kid. I'm like, dude, I didn't have you're at a Christian bookstore. (laughs) There's an, I promise you they're not going to be talking about like (laughs) fucking women and doing cocaine or anything like that on these. Well, Reliant K did have some crazy stuff. I lost my virginity to Reliant K. Bullshit. Get off your meds. Two, three, four. Girls are moody. I do remember, uh, I never yes. really liked Reliant K. Does that make me bad? <laughs> Makes you not a Christian. But I knew it well. That's okay. <laughs> my my parent vetting the CD story from 2001 is uh, I wanted to get the Josie and the Pussycat soundtrack. Oh, hell yeah. But my mom was like, it's a little too sexual. So we got... <laughs> we- we got Super Chicks debut album instead. Oh okay, my god. Which I liked. That's great. Karaoke Superstar, uh-huh. Barlow Girl. That was great. I'm so glad your mom wasn't like, Kevin, are these the two options, you know, for you? Or like shamed you for it or anything? Because those are good. But nope. also that movie, Josie and the Pussycat uh, Dolls, was not a great film from what I remember. It's having a critical revival right now. Really? Oh, yeah. People are like, it's this just is because one of the Gen best Z is movie. like obsessed with early 2000s. Oh, early 2000s yeah. weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's rate. Lifehouse, the way this works, Olive. Okay. McGowan, as we give it a holy toast, holy roast, or a space between holy toast, as a thumbs up. We send Lifehouse from Lifeway all the way to heaven. Toast them, where the (laughs) angels are toasting them. They're falling more in love with God. Or holy roast, we send them to the house down there. (laughs) The death house. Hell. Or Dave Matthews. The inspiration for maybe Jason Wade's voice, The Space Between. That's purgatory. Uh, it's a space betweener for me personally. The hits, I mean, I was like, here we go with And then as I was listening more, I was like, that's oh, kind of beautiful and like pretty good songwriting. And they seem cool and like some unproblematic faves. Um, so I'll put them in the space between for me. Okay. Olive. I'm gonna give him a holy toast. Holy to a for, wholehearted holy for toast. For all for all the things they got me through. They spoke to you where you were. That's mm-hmm. really powerful and yeah. special. Yep. And they rode the line so much that yeah, they did kind of age well. Yeah. I don't think they've said yeah. any problematic stuff. I don't think I didn't find any. I did I did find an interview where they were talking about like the kind of like god or girlfriend of it all. He was talking to Jason when he was talking to MTV radio. He said it's one of those songs I'm really afraid to put an explanation to as far as what it's about for me personally. I'm talking about, I think, breathing or, mm-hmm. or uh, hanging on a moment. I don't want to lose its mystery and mystique. Everyone interprets it differently. It's funny hearing people telling me what it's about to them because then I can go, maybe that's what it is about. It's got a weird mystique to it still. <laughs> so he liked playing the game. Yeah. Also, a sweet story about him is that he proposed to his girlfriend with you and me before they released That's it. That's right. Oh like years God. before they released yes. it. Yeah. At Disneyland? Uh, maybe I confuse that with something Maybe. Else. My info is Wade was 20 years old when he Holy proposed to his shit. girlfriend. <laughs> winning her heart with an early version of You and Me, he recorded to cassette. Five years later, the song was released and became their biggest hit. Wow, that's crazy. 
I also read an interview about that. the magic of a Christian relationship. Inspire some good art. Getting married at 20. Song. <laughs> get a little pain, get spared a little pain. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. Get a little pain. I will give it a space between as well. Well, y'all are phonies. So. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. That hurts my feelings. That's fair. Oh, my God. Uh, I thought you guys were my friends. You and you and me hanging on a moment. We I was you all over again. <laughs> I feel bullied. Yeah, no, that's fair. You and, you and me. Well, no, hanging by a moment was like a transporting device where it's not even like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was listening to this. I'm like. I'm there, right? I'm like it became visceral. I remember like where we were driving at night and who was in the car and who was singing what. And we had to go to the hospital later that <laughs> night for something. Like there's a lot going on. Wow. But I remember that so vividly and it makes me. It triggered you deeply. It triggered me deeply, <laughs> but it made me cherish the memes, TBH. Oh, yeah. Like I really do, you know, I love those Thompson girls. But we're not the final word. Get to at Christian Fun Pod. You can vote for it. And just like you're going to vote next year in the election, so... Pokemon, go to the polls. Rock the vote. Ballers. Corn pop. Ballers. (laughs) Pokemon, go to the polls. Nick Weiger, when describing a milkshake he had on Doughboy, said, this this looks like Joe Biden's brain right now. (laughs) And I can't stop thinking about it. There was corn pop and squeegee, and they were all there. All of this is the time where we dim the lights, the candles are lit. But unlike the Church of Christ, we do have music. We have these pads and synths that we play. They just hummed at the Church of Christ. They oh, just hummed? Really? No. Oh, it's like, <laughs> wow, that would be... That would get so tiring. Really strange. Oh, no. <laughs> We're not here to promote our social media or projects. We're here to lift them up to the Lord. And maybe also what we're enjoying in popular culture. And we start with Caroline. I'm going to lift up, first and foremost, me, <laughs> at Caroline Sparts on Twitter and Instagram. And then uh, I want to lift up a Twitter account that I love. It's a uh, vulture writer, Hunter Harris. If you're not already following her, get on top of it. It's great. Uh, she's hilarious. It's Hunter Y. Harris. And then I'll lift up Hustlers. I saw that movie by myself on Monday night, and it was a great time. Mm. But it's all—it's like a very good movie. Like it was better than it needed to be, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Caroline. We turn it to Olive. I will also <laughs> lift up myself. <laughs> follow me. Uh-huh. <laughs> follow me on Instagram. Oh, it's a great follow. I will also or recommend Twitter at Olive McGowan, spelled E N, not A N, not related to Rose. Thankfully, no. So. Oops. Um, I'm going to lift up a short film that I was involved in, written and directed by my good friend Ariella Barrere. She's on Hulu's Runaways, and uh, she's trying to get her director's feet moving. And uh, she directed a really cool piece called Jelly, um, and it's about the exploitation of minorities and feminist spaces. And I watched the trailer for that. Today yeah, it's, it's really it's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but we still need some funding. Um, and the GoFundMe link is in my Instagram bio if you're interested. Hey. And uh, donating. And if not, if you can't do that, then just share it around or just keep on the lookout for when it is completely made and it comes out. And I'm going to see if I can get her exact at, but a girl that I did the 24-hour theater project with in New York. Her name is Megan Pope, and she has the silliest, funniest tweets 
Um, and I don't think that she has enough followers. And she totally should have probably more than I do. Um, let me see what her at yeah, is. Yeah, what's her at? The at M Pope tweets. So all of y'all follow her, but yeah. then when you do, at her and say, God sent me here <laughs> say, to follow you. Say, God's prophet sent me. <laughs> God's prophet sent me. Herself. Oh, yeah. Contrary to her last name, she is Jewish. So. <laughs> Even, oh, so she's fine. Cool. Great. Uh, yes. Say follow. Great. Thank you, Olive. Yeah. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. You can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Patreon.com slash Good Christian Fun for more Good Christian Fun every week. We do a second service on Friday. Uh, and then leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We donate a dollar to charity for each review to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation this month. Olive, thank you so much for joining of course. us. Of course. Thanks what a for good having hang. me. Fun hang. Sweet. Fun hangs. In the words of evangelical women everywhere, sweet friends. Sweet friends. Sweet friends. Sweet friends. And there's nothing left to say except for an olive pond's people said amen happy end of horny summer <laughs> oh <laughs> i had to sneak that in unceremoniously ended uh, well i know there's mixed feelings there's about time. horny there's summer there's so time. yeah there's still <laughs> time for there's still time. i think we're past it i think it's like a couple days there's still after. time oh no there's, there's still, still time. there's still extend <laughs> <laughs> the deadline hear that voice well, there is there is no deadline a frisky <laughs> fall or a hashtag hotum coming your way hotum as well perhaps Olive, what's a song that meant a lot to you, that CCM, that you listened to and loved growing up, that you want us to go out on? By who? By anybody. Can you do 40 Acres by Caveman's Call? Oh, can I? I, I can. Here it is. Yeah! <laughs> Don't you just want to have a good day now? I do. <laughs> oh, I want to go out on a drive in the sun. I want to go out on a drive into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, we see you next week. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye. In the state line, about the last time that I saw you, you said, Call me Pandora. Call me a fool. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>